Hey everybody, this episode of Talkin' Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Game Fighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. This episode is powered by Poddex. What up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop, the podcast on all things pop culture. Actually, this is kind of a special episode because guess what, guys? It's just me, the franchise. Biko is not here. He at this time of this recording, he is out of town. So it's time for this bro to be solo for a change. Um, don't worry, Biko will be back next week to grace us with his presence. Um, so I decided to take the reins and I'm writing solo. Okay, um, I have big news today. Um, right now I just finished like, I don't know, I've been watching football or soccer, how everyone calls it here in the States, soccer. Okay, what a crazy finish to that Italy and Spain semifinal match for Euro 2020. Oh my God, man. It, it, I just couldn't believe it. You know, they went to extra time. You know, I just got home from work and I decided, well, let me see if the game's still going on. It was like one and one. So during next time. Neither side could have budged, and they went to penalties, and man, it was crazy, like, both of them, oh my god, you know, it was a crazy penalty, and, you know, Italy came to play, I wanted Spain to win, but Italy shows that they belong in the final, and, you know, congratulations to them, you know, it's one of those tough situations where you get into penalties, and, you know, it's one of those, like, do or die situations, pretty much, and Spain came out, uh, Spain, you know, they tried their best, but Italy took the win, guys, so... At the wait and see. Um, tomorrow it's England and Denmark. I know Denmark has been, you know, on, it's been like the Cinderella story of this tournament. And of course, but you got England who's showing their strong game as well. And with me, I'm going to side with England on this one. I know Denmark will have a lot of support, you know, with Christian Eriksen and all. I know that's hanging over one's heads, but they showed their toughness. Like, they're not kind of Danes out yet. So I'm looking forward to a good matchup. But I'm leaning towards England to come out on top tomorrow. So hopefully they'll come out on top and the final will be played on Sunday. That's another sports. Um, there's a big news today. Um, I know that's been like pretty much, you know, the big thing how the Switch, um, Nintendo kept like, you know, they wanted to improve upon their model, you know, the first generation, which I believe I had the first generation Switch. You know, it's good and all, but the battery didn't last that much. And, of course, they decided to release a second-gen generation model Switch, which had a bigger, better battery. And now, and there's been rumors going around that they were working with, Nintendo was working with, Sam, you know, they did the portable Switch, Switch Lite, they call it, for people that, you know, want more of a portable experience than playing at home. As for me, I kind of like the whole hybrid of playing at home and taking it on the road, but lately I have not been <laughs> playing with the Switch because my Pico keeps hogging it. Oh, I know he's having a phone with the Smash Bros. and stuff, so that's fine, you know. I'm more like PS4 right now, you know, with working on my Twitch channel and all that stuff. But um, Nintendo Today announced uh, from IGN, this is uh, by Joe Skirrels. It says here, according to this article, that Nintendo has finally revealed its long-rumored new model Nintendo Switch. People are calling it the Nintendo Switch Pro, and this one's just a Nintendo Switch OLED model. It'll be released on October 8th, and it's going to be retail about $349.00. Um, it says here the upgrade machine, which I may have taken the call to Switch Pro, which has been rumored from the article itself. This is from IGN. But it being rumored ahead of its announcement features a larger 7-inch OLED screen, but the size of the console is unchanged from the base Switch model. A wider adjustable base stand, enhanced audio, about 64 gigs of internal storage, and a wired LAN port in the dock. It says here... Contrary to peers, reports new models in the period offer 4K TV output and improved performance. The new LED screen, while providing improved picture contrast, remains at a 1280 x 720 resolution screen. Battery life remains the same as the improved Switch Base model from 2019, and about an estimated about 4.5 to 9 hours. 
And it says here, I guess there's an update from The Verge. It says here that the OLED model does not include a new CPU or RAM compared to previous Switch models. Um, pretty much, and it says here it's going to come out with two um, variants, the red and blue color combination of the original Switch with the black dock. And with the new white Joy-Con controllers and a matching white dock. So the new dock is mostly unchanged, except for the LAN port and more rounded edge. Pre-orders have that they open at the time of writing. So it's like the way this thing looks, it, like I said, the screen is more bigger, more... But I think they were working with Samsung to help out with the new screen for this one because they were looking at them to, to help out with that. Um, you know, it looks interesting. You know, if you want something with a better screen, I will recommend getting it. But if you're more like the portable gaming wise, you know, it's up to you guys. It's based on your preference. If you're more like you want to be at home with the Switch or on the road or like I said if you like the Switch Lite if you're more like the Traveler you're, you're going to take it everywhere I would suggest going with that model but this one's like if you really want that you want to take advantage of that bigger screen I think um, don't get me wrong I'm, the Switch I have you know it has that you know that screen and you know I'm, I didn't have no complaints you had the battery I wish the battery could last a little longer you know but like I said I'm usually even when I have the Switch I usually have it docked all the time I hardly take it out as much so, but Biko usually takes it out and pretty much, you know, um, takes it out with him when he travels. So, like I said, it's up to you guys. It's about $350. But, like I said, with, you know, we'll see if they and Nintendo will have... You know, Nintendo, they always want to improve upon their model. And I like, see Nintendo, like, when it comes to this console war, which I don't know say console war. It's more like a budget, budget war, basically. Uh, excuse me. Get myself hydrated, guys. It was really hot outside, but... Yeah, so it's like up to you guys. If you want to go with this model, by all means, it's wait until it comes out October 8th. Or if you're more of a portable, go with the Nintendo Switch Lite. Or just go with the regular one if you like the dock. I mean, there are some companies that do sell, like, accessories. Like, they, I think they made a dock for the Switch Lite that's compatible with it. So you can play on your TV. I'm not sure. I think it's, like, licensed by Nintendo. I think I've seen one like that where it's, like, it's a portable dock. Um, I think it's on Amazon, I believe. You can look it up on there and... If you want, you know, the more TV-type experience. Um, let's see what else is happening today. I know that was the biggest thing right now, but let me see here. Uh, wow, okay. Um, looks like Gundam right now is um, working with... Uh, they're teaming up with Nike for the Summer Olympic sneakers. Of course, you know, the Olympics are in Japan. They're going to be happening in Tokyo. And looks like here, this is from comicbook.com. The article is written by Evan Valentine. And the guy, headline says, Gundam teams with Nike for Summer Olympic sneakers. It says here... Uh, let's see here. It says here roll. I guess they're coming up with the, the dunk model, looks like. It says that Nike SB dunks are Tokyo Summer Olympics. The Pro Nike SB Dunk Low. So, I don't know if I'm like, messing up the names, guys. Sorry. Um, Nike Quarter Stack. FTC Nike SB Dunk Low. Quarter Snacks. Nike SB. I think it's Skateboard Dunk Low. And Bandai Gundam Nike SB Dunk Low. Um, so pretty much they're, they're like sneakers with the Gundam colors. Uh, it says here... Go ahead and roll sport once against the extra part of Shumix and Nike Queen used to get highly popular in franchise. And of course, you know, Gundam is getting a lot of traction again. Um, recently they did announce they're making a new feature-length film that's going to be available on Netflix, um, which is called Mosu Gundam Hathaway. And of course, you know, in Japan they got the big giant Gundam statue um, that actually moves and kneels down. Um, you know, it's a franchise that's been around as long as time. I've never got into it, but I have the, the, the anime on my queue. I'm uh, definitely going to jump, jump in. But that's kind of cool. Like, the colors look cool from the Nike shoes. And it's like they try to, uh, you know, have the hero colors. And, of course, like the other Gundam. They're mostly named at the other Gundam models. But check those out. I don't know what the plan, how much they're going for. But it's a cool collaboration, you know. Try to, you know, promote Japan and stuff. With this, like, you know, with the Olympics, you know. Which, it'll be interesting to see this year. I know we're skateboarding being, like, the big thing. You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, speaking of which, there's one thing I do want to talk about that I think should... Uh, it's one of those, like, franchises that should just stop. Stop releasing films that they got old after the first movie. And I'm talking about The Purge. You know, it's something that to me is like, do we really need another film? Do we need another Purge movie? I don't think so. I was happy with the first film. 
Because the premise was simple. You know, once a year the government has a day for 24 hours, all crime, you know, is legal. And no one would be prosecuted for it. That all emergency services would be suspended. And it was a cool concept because one of those psychological thrillers, you know, you know, you know, Ethan Hawke was in the first one. And, you know, it was all about keeping his family, you know, alive during that whole thing. Well, you know, they were going at, well, these guys were breaking into his house. And just, you know, he was trying to protect his family. And that was cool. And all, okay, then they started doing a sequel now where it takes place in another part of the city during the purge. You got Frank Rillo, which to me, he's a good actor. And it became more of an action. So it kind of like took away from the whole kind of thriller horror aspect of the first film and went more of like more of an action type. Then you got the miniseries and now you got the Forever Purge. I just saw the trailer this past weekend and oh my god. I just, I can't believe it. You know, it's like, it's one of those things that you keep dragging on the narrative. Like I said, there's some sequels that will work, some sequels that do not work. And to me, this is something that does not work for me. Like I said, I was satisfied, satisfied with the first version. That was it. You know, if you guys were fans of all the sequels and the miniseries that was on TV, by all means, you're, if you're like the big fan of mythology, of The Purge, by all means, go ahead. I know it's been parody a lot in Rick and Morty and stuff, and it's like, I don't know. It's To me, it's something that they should not have another movie up, and now it's coming. You know, there's, something, there's nothing we can do to stop it. If you want to check that out, I mean, it's up to you guys, but... Not for me. Definitely, definitely not for me. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. You know, it's... Uh, man. And uh, speaking of Rick and Morty, I just like... You know, I just saw... I was caught up with like the new season right now. And like the last three episodes... I, just lost, I saw the first episode of the new season. You know, the him with the, with the fish man. Uh, let me pull him up, his name. Uh, type in Rick and Morty here. Season 5. Alright, Season 5. Let me pull up because there's some things that I just saw. Like, I think Season 5. Yes, Season 5. Uh, let me pull it up here. To... So I do, I do want to go over like the reviews for the last three episodes because I just like I said I just watched the last the first three episodes season five you know there's something you know it's cool we got to see another Rick and Morty um, and of course I'm gonna go over each episode I'm gonna go over a little of the premise and pretty much you know give you my review of this uh, because I know for me I watch more Rick and Morty and Beagle's not too much into it but he knows of it. I'm more into um, Rick and Morty because it's hilarious. It's like it's like a project commentary, like a social commentary on, you know, pop culture and also stuff that's happening. So with the first episode, you know, it's called Mort Dinner Rick Andre, and pretty much you know the whole thing about Morty trying to get with Jessica because that was this whole thing throughout these past you know four seasons. You know, finally you know getting a date with Jessica after so many attempts. Every time he tries to. Ask her out, he gets thwarted by Rick, or Rick gets involved. And of course, you know, he has a crash landing in the ocean, and of course, I guess they, you know, they end up like, I guess wherever they came from, they pretty much crash into the ocean. And of course, um, it provokes Rick's, according to Wikipedia here, Rick's ethereal, unmentioned nemesis, Mr. Nimbus, who's the king of the ocean and controller of the police, apparently owns the police. Uh, he's kind of like, the combination of Namor and Aquaman put together with a highly, with a really crazy sex drive. And of course, you know, Rick has to play the nice person to try to come up with a new treaty to sell things with him and Nimbus. So pretty much, Morty, of course, trying to, he ends up having a date with Jessica, but at the same time, he has to help out Rick with his dinner party at the same time. And he gets, like, pretty much in order to, like, appease Mr. Nimbus. And this is just kind of hilarious. I think Dan Harmon does the voice of Mr. Nimbus. And what happens is uh, Rick ends up having Morty get the wine. He ends up keeping in this one dimension where I guess time passes like every every time he goes in there, it, like oh, so many years pass. Um, pretty much, uh, <laughs> the, to me, I kind of find it funny because when you get every time you know Rick tells Morty, "Hey, go get the wine, go get the wine," and you know he has to go in. He runs to this person in the, the universe, in the altered dimension, and then he ends up getting that person killed by accident. 
and he comes back. You know, now his descendants are going after, him, and he becomes like Morty becomes like this symbol of destruction and being viewed as like a the, the devil or something like that. And, and of course, you know, Rick at the meantime is just trying to, you know, pretty much time to you know keep Mister Imus, you know, you know, pretty much come to understand. Of course, you know, of course. Nimbus controls the police, and of course, in the meantime, he um, Rick, in the meantime, Rick is keeping Mister Nimbus busy. He's, he has to send someone to try to destroy a shell that supposedly gives uh, Mister Nimbus his big powers. And of course, uh, Jessica, you know, at the same time, you know, Morty trying to keep Jessica, you know, as a dater. And of course, Jessica herself gets kidnapped by the people from the altered dimension, where she apparently got frozen for so many years and pretty much contemplates her whole life. And of course, she just wants to be friends with Morty, which sucks. And, you know, it's really interesting to see why uh, this episode was kind of interesting. It was like, you know, wow, you know? And then you see Beth and, like, Jerry are being because supposedly they're sex positive or something. And then, of course, got to the point where Mr. Nervous wants to have a threesome with them. And his secretary is, like, trying to have, like, you know, like, Jerry and Beth sign, like, a waiver or some kind of agreement. And But they were debating if they should or not. And Rick was like, oh, man, I don't need this shit right now. And the episode wasn't bad. It was kind of hilarious, you know. Um, it was really interesting how this concept of this episode. I do recommend. I would have to give this a, like, out of 10. I would have to give this about well, about 7 out of 10 because, I mean, the pacing was okay. Uh, Mr. Nimbus, eh, he was all right. I think too much, too, was having, I don't know how the whole dimensional or Morty thing kind of fit in the thing. I kind of wish we saw more of Morty interacting with Jessica more in this episode. Um, less with him with the Ultra Dimension. Yes, it's a cool concept, but I thought the whole premise was, I mean, Morty finally, you know, trying to put the moves in on Jessica, and of course, you know, that result kind of ended. That's the reason why I gave it like a 7 out of a 10. 7 out of 10 for that one. Next one is the next episode I just saw was called Mortiplicity. Um, lucky I have on demand. Um, this one was really interesting because it's all about, it kind of has that concept, you know, the doppelganger effect, um, almost where, Somewhere out in the world, you could have a double. There's that, that theory that you could have a double somewhere. And this one's all about, you know, these squid assassins are killing them. And apparently they're decoys. And it goes on, like, this whole loop about the different decoys. They're not sure if they're decoys or not. And the decoys are making decoys. And it, it was a really interesting episode. And... It's all about basically all the decoys of the family are basically killing each other, trying to find out who's the real one. And to the point, there's like these wood resembling decoys made out of wood now. It's like, what the heck? And it was like the whole thing. The episode kind of played with your head because it's like trying to figure out who's the real Rick and Morty, Beth, Summer, and Jerry, and who was the decoys. But it kept like, it kept like pretty much playing with your mind. And it, it oh my God, man. It just, ah. And it was like, you know, turns out, oh, no, he's the decoy. Oh, he's the decoy. He has a chip in his head. And it kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like, it it was crazy. And, of course, spoiler alert, um, pretty much the real the Smith family were pretty much out of all this, like, violence and all this trauma and stuff. Basically, the real Smith family were pretty much with Space Beth, basically. And they just got a notification about the decoy's deaths. So, there are spoilers for you guys for these episodes. Definitely check out the RB spoilers. So... But of course, and of course, post scene has like Pinocchio Jerry. I guess this is what they call it on the Wikipedia page. Pinocchio Jerry, pretty much, he escaped the squid decoys. He gets like picked up by beavers, and I guess he goes through different like timelines or something. Pretty much surviving because he can't he can't die because he's made of wood. But it's a really interesting episode. It's just like I said, this one I kind of give like a nine out of ten. Reason why I give it a nine out of ten. Is because, you know, that whole concept about, like, are they decoys, are they not decoys, and then just the many ways they're killing each other and how they get alerted and the whole, they're all contemplating, like, their morality, even the decoys to the point, like, is the senses killing each other, killing the same person, you have, like, the sense to do that, and it goes back to the, I mean, some of the laws of robotics, you know, where it kind of pulls it up out of the hat. On um, the tenth thing was yeah the, the the Jerry thing yeah that wasn't necessary I'm sorry I understand the joke that Jerry just wants to varnish for himself on um, Pinocchio Jerry but to me that was not necessary to have that in the post credit scene but I just wish we had more time with the real Smith family it, it like they just came out the end it was like pretty much gonna like pretty much haha fool you type of thing 
But like I said, it was an interesting episode dealing with like the clones because Rick. Because remember, in the last four seasons we had nothing but you know different versions of Rick, different versions of Morty, and we've seen episodes based on that with different ver- university versions of Rick and Morty. So we're just having just like the decoys kind of you know killing each other and all that. So it's good to see a little preview of the president who pretty much did not give a shit. <laughs> Keith David, good actor, great actor, but he's like, oh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Let them kill each other, you know. What do I care? And then, of course, the last one, the most recent one I saw, uh, basically it's called A Rick Convenient Mort. And pretty much, you know, Rick and Mort, it pretty much opens up with the, um, like I said, this was released on July 4th, you know, Happy Independence Day, USA. We had it this past Sunday. Um, pretty much with this, um, you know, Rick and Mort pretty much you just got t-shirts made. They're going to go hang out and stuff and all of a sudden... You know, it's acid rain and stuff because it's um here this villain is like shooting acid rain. And of course we get this girl who pretty much is a parody of Captain Planet, thanks to, you know, Adult Swim, you know, a, you know, Cartoon Network and stuff by Turner. They Ted Turner people get forget Ted Turner helped create Captain Planet and the Planeteers. So I can see they were able to make this like parody of it and they get her name called Planetina and the Planeteers. Tina Tears or something. So pretty much he runs into her and Morty starts the, the feelings for her that, and she's starting to like him too and you know but it's like you know and of course you know you know he likes her and stuff and then of course Rick gets getting tired of the love and stuff Summer recently got dumped by her boyfriend so pretty much Rick's like let's go like Rick's like hey Summer to take your mind off being you know dumped by an asshole let's go ahead and go visit these three planets which are about to face cataclysm events <laughs> one's like supposedly didn't gain um destroyed by a supernova one's getting killed by uh sucked to a black hole and then one's getting in, in, uh, destroyed by you know a meteor an asteroid so Summer decides to come along and Morty's like forget it you know I'm more obsessed with this planetina and he gets the stuff there and of course Beth's trying to play the parent you know she's trying to you know prepare here why are you doing this and stuff more like you don't understand me at all then he finds out he finds the four true in the summer summer plants he has via the four only rings of power if you think about it it's kind of like almost an homage to Avatar because it's air water dirt and fire so basically they just did the four elements of course, Avatar: The Last Airbender. That was a good. That was a cool. Even though the symbols were kind of like an homage to Avatar: The Last Airbender, so that was cool. But he finds out that like the kids now are all grown up and stuff, and pretty much are pretty much using Pantina to, to pretty much gain money for them, using them for more of a PR type of person. And of course, um, they they find out that Morty has feelings with Pantina. She ends up sneaking off, and pretty much they end up sleeping together. It pretty much implied they probably did it or not. It, it just they show like this little vintage like you know Crayola style montage or music montage, um, and pretty much you know they try to get everyone, but of course Morty ends up taking the ring, taking the rings from them. It pretty much kills them in most gruesome ways, using the power of the rings, and he has a freeing Planetina. And pretty much she tries to get a better relationship with her. Of course, meanwhile, we see Rick and, like, and Summer, you know, they're going to the first planet. And, of course, the first planet's the one that's going to get hit by the supernova. And, you know, Rick, the whole time telling Summer, hey, let's just, you know, visit these worlds, you know, pretty much have really these, um, pretty much have sex with these, these aliens and pretty much, you know, not be tied down by love. And pretty much one of those, like, why not stands because then the world's about to die anyway. So Summer agrees to it. Pretty much have fun. Of course, Rick ends up having... Finding a girlfriend named Daphne, who's one of the aliens from the first planet, and pretty much takes her with him. Summer feels like the third wheel, and she's like pissed at Rick because of what the whole plan about it. Because <laughs> it's saying hello, hello. I'm like, oh my god. It was like, but it was still kind of funny. We to go to the next planet, and it's the way the other planets, tenants, you know, react. And then of course, you know, now that you know, planets here, more try to take the, you know, their relationship to the next level. Of course, Beth, being the parent, you know, she's telling Morty, like, Morty, you're too young to be in a serious relationship with this girl. And, you know, Morty's upset, and they end up running away. And, of course, you know, is obsessed with, you know, saving the planet to the point that she pretty much just starts... Her equal activity starts to the point that she ends up killing people. <laughs> killing people in the process, pretty much. She, like, she killed, like, these coal miners who were just there to do the simple job. And pretty much to the point that, you know... 
Morty gets traumatized and he's like, oh shit. Um, you know, I still have feelings for her, but what do I do now? And then, of course, it comes to the point. Like, this whole thing was, I thought, you know, she was going to break up with Morty, but it's one of those curveballs where Morty decided to be the one who did the breaking up. So he ends up breaking up with Planetina, which, you know, puts Morty at, like, a vulnerable state. And, you know, this is the big thing for him because it's like, like I said, he's been, like, throughout this four seasons, he's been trying to have a serious relationship where, and it's kind of hard because, you know, Rick always drags on these adventures and, you know, he... Doesn't have time to have a serious issue. He's been going panning after Jessica for so long. And, of course, they all decide to be friends. Then he decides to come find comfort with Planetina. You know, he he still loves her, but he sees how what her actions are doing. And he's afraid of her, basically. Afraid for his life. And he has to make the tough choice of breaking off with her. And it sucks. And then at least Beth's there for him. You know, his mom is there to be with her to comfort him. You know, in his time of need. And meanwhile, with Summer and Rick... You know, they end up going to the third planet to the point where Summer gets so pissed off at Rick. And you know what? She ends up going destroying the asteroid. And people are all pissed off because she saved everybody. Because they were having, like, you know, sex with each other and stuff. Because they're about to die. And they find out. And she finds out Daphne, who this alien girl that Rick was hooking up with, finds out she was always there just because they were on the brink of death. And then she's like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm like, Rick pretty much got dumped. And then, you know, they pretty much, you know come to terms with each other and end up leaving and stuff they made up basically and pretty much the whole thing about love that you know she didn't definitely didn't really love him she was just using him and like i said it's really interesting this these first set three episodes were i kind of like i like it's like more like a development with the characters and it's very little with rick because it's more on you know morty more him and a little bit more the family's getting more and more involved because it's no longer just like Rick and Morty now like Rick's doing stuff with Summer now he's taking her on adventures Morty's pretty much trying to come out of his shell and you know discover these things on his own without Rick and you know you know the whole thing with the clones of the decoys and stuff the whole family's involved so I'm liking to see that even though the show's like Rick and Morty but now like the whole family is getting involved in these adventures so they get to get like their time to shine. So with this last episode, I liked it because of the whole parody of Captain Planet, basically. Because I remember watching Captain Planet was a kid, like in the early '90s, and that's a cool show because it had a message just for conservation, it was education, but it was also like conservation, you know, taking care of the planet and stuff. But with this episode, I have to give it like a ten out of ten, like a perfect episode. I found something wrong with the episode. It was pretty straight to the point. The pacing was great. And I like the whole Captain Planet, you know, parody. You know, like I said, so that was like a little hit me with a nostalgia bug in that one. And, you know, I get a chance to see these three episodes. I think if you have On Demand, you'll be able to catch all three of them. And, of course, the new episodes come out every Sunday on Adult Swim. I believe at 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock somewhere else. Definitely check out Rick and Morty, guys. So that's your little Rick and Morty thing. Um, let me see what else that's happening on the news that I saw that was kind of big right now. Um, let's see here. Because I do want to jump in with the rest of this episode, talk about anime, because I know me, Beagle, had the weirdest conversation last episode about anime. I'm like, he had, he had me good points. Um, so I do want to, you know, focus on the last half hour of this episode, talking about the animes I just completed on my anime list. So I'm going to pull up my anime list and pull up the episode, the, the series that I finished, compl- I finished watching and give you guys my rating and why I gave it that rating. I do want to pull up some more news, so let me go ahead and check here. It's like I said, I do creditcombuck.com, IGN, or anime news Noker for the news because it's you know it's helped out. You know, this is what we are. We deliver a bunch of news. Um, trying to see what is coming out here. Um, oh, wow, okay. Uh, everything about the Nintendo Switch, guys, and you Nintendo Switch. Um, Let's see here, what's the big thing? I'm checking out the big news network. Alright, let me check here, IGN. Alright, here we go. Oh, I did have my, like, like last week, I did celebrate my birthday. I do want to give a good shout out to to the folks for, because um, we actually had a little barbecue this past weekend and they came out and my good friends came over too and they ended up giving me um one of the nicest gifts ever they ended up giving me these hot wheels mario kart toys 
these collectible Mario Karts, and they were so cool. And they gave me like a basically almost a whole set. They gave me you know Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, Donkey Kong, and Yoshi. They gave me they gave me five, and I really appreciate it a lot because they know I love Mario, I love video games, and they told me, oh, guess what? There's a track for them too. I'm like, holy shit, there is a track for these. So, oh, here's one thing I saw that if you guys are like Legos and stuff, I do want to. I know they just did a Friends one, but apparently now, with the dude, like, Lego's doing these Lego creators type, you know, sets, they did one with the Friends one, with the Central Perk set, but now, according to IGN here, this article's written by Joe Scribbles, it's Seinfeld is a Lego set now. So, pretty much, um, the set was created by Seinfeld fan Brett Waller using the Lego Ideas platform, I love Seinfeld Nights, recently we watched Snowball. He explained in a press release, I thought it was a tragedy that a Lego Seinfeld said didn't exist, so I made an effort to resolve that make the best tradition of Jerry's apartment and a game that could. The biggest challenge was trying to cram as much from detail from the show in the kitchen, all the cards, items in the cupboard, and the bench tops were very proud of it turned out. So basically, the set is basically like Jerry's apartment, um, pretty much. Um, you have all the characters. You have Jerry, Elaine, George, Kramer, and even Newman's on there as well. So you get the, you get all of them basically. Um, it's basically Jerry's apartment. So you get the different like let me pull up the pictures here. So they actually really good detail. And you basically had the little small details. You got like the figurines and like the minifigs. You got the Superman. You got stickers in the fridge. You got George. You got the couches on there as well. And they got like the lights because it's like look at sound stage. Even the minifigures of the characters look actually really cool. Because so you got Newman. You got Kramer with his shirt. You got Jerry, George, and Lane and. It set looks a pretty decent set, and it even comes with a little um, setup thing for uh, Jerry as well. Like he does when he opens up the show. Usually they take like a him doing a stand up, and even got the bathroom and everything. It's like it's really cool, really detailed. Let me see how much it's going for. I think it's gonna be pre order soon. Um, looks like it's gonna be available August first this year. The set will be available to Lego VIP members on July twenty first. And everyone else will be able to have access to it on the 1st of August. It will sell about $79.99 US dollars, which is 80 bucks. So if you're a big fan of Seinfeld, I know it recently got removed from Hulu because Netflix just bought the rights to Seinfeld. And it, they haven't announced when that show is going to come out yet. When it's going to be on um, Netflix, but I know coming soon. I mean, I saw part of Seinfeld... I think I got stuck in the first season still, so I have to go. But hopefully, once Netflix has it, I might go back and watch it. Just to see why this show has a big following, because basically it's a show about nothing, and why it still has a it's a cult favorite after all these years. But like I said, hats off to this guy for coming out with a a set base on that. So it's kind of cool. That was something I wanted to see on there. Um. One thing they want to point out here. Uh, sorry, guys. Just one little news tidbit. I did want to bring up. Okay, going back to the, the gift that my friends gave me. Um, Yeah, it was cool. They gave me the Mario Kart Hot Wheels. And it was real detailed with the carts. Um, because it kind of like is my... Right now, like... Hopefully, once Japan opens, like... To foreign travel... That's one of my dreams to go over there and one of the places I do want to check out is Universal Studios Japan and go to Super Nintendo World because based on seeing like videos on YouTube and even the tour by Shigeru Miyamoto, you know, walking through the park and with the interactions, that's one of that's like one of my dreams. I mean, Mario was one of the first characters, you know, I came across growing up because my parents got me uh, an NES, Nintendo Entertainment and the Super Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt was like the first game I had. And I fell in love with the character. So the point I remember watching the cartoon. If you guys grew up in the late 80s or 90s like me, you know, I kind of remember the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. You know, it was uh, it was shown like in the afternoons. They filmed so many episodes just for syndication, basically. And I actually had the sets on DVD. Of course, they were released by Shout Factory. They did use a lot of copyrighted music. But unfortunately, you know, Shout Factory couldn't get the rights for the songs because um, what happens was... Um... They had well with the, the whole concept of the Super Mario Bros. Super Show. So when Nintendo started releasing licensing to different companies, 
And they did this where they had like live action segments. So they had a Mario and Luigi live action. So they're just Roger Palmer's in Brooklyn. So you had um, Mario played by Danny Wells. Who you remember he came out on like shows like the Jeffersons. And then you had um, Mario portrayed by Captain Lou Abano. Not only these these actors could portray the characters in the live action segments. They ended up providing the voices in the cartoon segments. So like they had the live action segment. Then they had the cartoon in the middle. Then our, and the completion of the live action segment. And of course they had the famous Mario Brothers Super Show song. At the beginning of the show, and of course, and of course at the end of the credits, so they kept those rights. Um, but the, like I said, each episode had like it was about you know the Marlboros with Princess Toadstool, of course we know as Princess Peach later on, and pretty much reversing the Mushroom Kingdom, dropping, stopping Koopa or Bowser, as we call it in Japan now as Bowser here, from you know in his devil schemes. And each episode usually had like a copyrighted song to go along with it, of course with. The Shelf Factory set, of course, probably on Netflix, if they have it on there, will probably just have the version that pretty much is replaced with, like, instrumental tracks, basically. Since they, Shelf Factory couldn't get the rights to any of the songs used. And probably the episodes were cool, because um, the first four episodes were just the Mario ones. And, of course, um, usually the Friday episode usually had the Legend of Zelda cartoon. And, of course, the DVD set had the preview for Legend of Zelda, but unfortunately did not include the Legend of Zelda episodes. Those were actually released later on in its own box set. Um, of course, they ended up having Legend of Zelda as well. I remember Captain N and the Game Master. And, of course, you know, The Adventures of Super Mario Bros. 3. And, you know, Super Mario World, basically. They all ended up making, you know, these cartoons. Because, like, that time, Deke Entertainment did a lot of the animation for it. And it was all about licensing. And I do have The Adventures of Super Mario Bros. 3 as well. Because they had the, the, Koopa, the Koopa Kids were introducing that one. Um, and of course, like, Super Mario Bros. Super Show is more like, uh, Super Mario Bros. 2, basically, because, you know, they save the princess, and pretty much they're just, like, trying to save the kingdom, and they go to, like, the different lands in the kingdom itself. But definitely check it out. I believe it's on Netflix. I don't know if it's on there, or I think it's there, or, like, Paramount Plus, probably. But I remember Shopfire did release the DVDs. I don't know if they're, I think Shopfire did last rights to them, like, released by somebody else. But I know coming across the Super Mario Super Show on DVD, I have it, and the Adventure Super Mario Bros. 3. And of course, Captain the end, the Game Masters of well. I think somebody on YouTube might have it online. They might have the episodes up, uploaded as well. But I remember, of course, Nintendo Serial was big as well. You just had two sets of Serial. It was like Mario was mixed of berries, and you had the Legend of Zelda Serial as well. Like I said, just, just my big shout out to my friends for giving me that set, guys. Because it brought so much, like nostalgia thing because I had so much Mario merch growing up you know my mom ended up selling it through garage sales and stuff I remember having like the Nintendo had so much Mario merch I remember having the, the doll like the big standing kind of Mario plush and you know McDonald's had the Mario Bros. 3 the Happy Meal toys and the, like I said the Nintendo cereal um, I had like a stand for the NES I had a picture of Mario on it with the Nintendo logo on there slapped on there it was like Mario Mania, pretty much, until, you know, I came across Sonic, and pretty much my love for Nintendo kind of dwindled because I geared towards Sega and, you know, get with Sonic. So, definitely, definitely I had a really good birthday, guys. You know, turning 36 is fun. So, oh, look at this. Entertainment the Persian manga. Um... Oh, okay. This is something I can go on. If like, I like reading manga as much as the next guy, and um, of course, um, I've been reading the manga version of Persona Five, and what's cool about it is it's they actually he the, the artist is actually the mangaka is doing his thing based on Persona Five Royale because Kasumi actually comes out in the manga, so it's kind of cool. And it looks like right now, um, they it looks like uh, Udon Entertainment has just light since even though Viz Media is doing the the regular Persona Five. Um Udon Entertainment looks this here this is from Amazon News Network says here. Udon Entertainment announced on Tuesday that as the licensed Wokuru Saito's personal Persona Five of Mentos Mission Manga will launch the first volume of December seven. The company is partnering with Barnes and Noble to release an exclusive edition of the manga's first volume with a brand new cover art by Rokuru Saito and a fold out mini poster supposed to be available Barnes and Noble in store and online. So you get the star card at the Barnes and Noble. Oh Barnes and Noble has like Futaba and like um of course in the manga he's Akira and the card in the in the anime he's Ren. And pretty much um they end up doing the manga and pretty much it's basically the manga version of all the Romento-ish missions, basically. 
And here in this one, he's called Ren, but in the manga of the Persona 5 manga, he's called Akira. But in the anime, it's Ren, but Akira in the manga looks like it's Ren, looks like it's Ren Amamiya. That's the one they end up using in the anime. I think he became more the canon name. So that's kind of cool. So it's basically all the stuff they, uh, pretty much all the stuff they had to do in Mementos, basically. So it's all the Mementos mission. So like, oh, looks, that's, oh, even the poster looks badass. It looks like he's featuring um, Ren, Yuji, Yusuke, and Goro Akechi on that one. But the cover has Futaba and and Ren on there. So definitely, it's something I definitely will probably pick up once um, it comes out. It looks like it's coming out in December for Barnes & Noble. So looking forward to that. It's probably the entertainment. Um, yeah, so definitely, if you ever played Persona 5 Royale, definitely play that one. You can play the original Persona 5, but if you want the more definitive version... Um, played Persona 5 Royale. I beat that game. I already got all the achievements. But I might something I'll go back because with that game, since your character can have romantic relationships with the girls, you can follow different paths. Just like to get the different endings, you know, even though I already, remember, did, I already got all the trophies. Um, I think I did the first one in Royale with uh, An. But everyone kept saying that Makoto's kind of like the Kenny girlfriend. But now with the introduction of Kasumi, it kind of kind of changes everything. Because she's a new character that got added to the game. So kind of be interested to see how that romance plays out. So I might go back and play that game again. Because it's a game that you could probably play over and over again. And never get tired of it. And of course the anime is on Funimation. Even they got the dub version with the video game voice cast. In it as well. Which is really cool. So they got all the voice cast from the game. Doing the voices again as well. For the anime in the dub version. And of course the Japanese version is great as well. Because... They have the game with the Japanese voices on the Persona 5 Rail as well. So you can play with the original language as well. I just play with both the dub or the, the sub. But I think the sub kind of sounds a little bit better as well. Because you get that true, you know, Japanese kind of experience as well. And like I said, something you want to join as well. So, yeah. And so that's it for like the news, guys. Um, Let me go ahead and pull up my anime list. Um, Like I said, this is kind of rare for me because it's like... You know, not having Beak around and usually having someone to bounce off. It kind of makes it interesting, but at least you get some time with me. Because I'm like, as you can tell from the podcast, if you have been an avid listener for the past almost three years now, I you see me talk a lot about anime because, you know, I love anime. I love reading manga. I, I used to read a lot of comics. I still read comics, but more like, I read more Sonic pretty much for comics. I do keep up on Marvel and stuff. But I've been reading more and more manga because... When having access to anime now, like with Crunchyroll, Funimation, Hulu, Netflix, it's like there's so much properties coming out that, you know, I got to check out. And like I said, and there's manga that I'm reading based on those works that, you know, I get more of the story. Like I'm reading Fire Force, Blue Exorcist, Attack on Titan, My Hero Academia. I just finished the first volume of Eden Zero because that anime is coming out soon on Netflix sometime the fall, I believe. Um, Goblin Slayer, I'm reading that as well. Um, Ran a Girlfriend, I started reading that as well. Which I gotta rewatch the anime for my anime list because I don't have my list. But I do want to share pretty much some of the ones I did finish. Um, there's some that I did finish this season, and some you know I watched that came out in 2019. So I'm gonna go over certain ones. I'm not gonna go over all of them. Because I want to keep this up to at least an hour. And right now we're at the 42 minute mark. So I do want to go over certain ones I did see this spring. And some I saw this summer so far. So the first one I'm going to pull out. It was on Netflix. And I'm going to try to be generous. And you know I'm watching Netflix producers and anime. This one's called Goku Shu Photo. Or in English. The title is The Way of the House Husband. Um, pretty much, um, this is based on a manga. The studio's by JC Staff. And pretty much, let me, um, pull up the premise here. It's, um, slight, it ran for five episodes. Each episode was about 17 minutes. Um, and pretty much, you know, it's comedy, romance, and love. So let me read you the, the synopsis for it, and I'll give you my review on it. Um, Imoto Tatsu, the legendary Yakuza, who single-handedly defeated a rival gang with a lead pipe, is a name known to strike fear in both... Hardened police officers and vicious criminals. This is all from my anime list. Soon after his sudden disappearance, he resurfaces with a slight change in profession. Now equipped with an apron, Tatsu has given up violence and is trying to make an honest living as a house husband. While that is a mundane household task, Tatsu finds that being a house husband has his own challenges 
From the battlefield known as the supermarket, sales to failures in the kitchen, despite living peacefully, misunderstandings seem to follow him left and right. Google Shudo, Google Goku Shufudo follows a daily after the comically serious Exakuza as he leaves behind his dangerous previous life to become a stable husband. Um, and what's cool about this, this is like, right now it's got a score of 7.1 on my anime list. It's ranked right now, it's at number 3,688, popularized by 116. And I gave this one pretty much, let me look it up here. I gave this one, it gave, it's right now it's a 7, I actually gave it an 8. And the reason why I gave it 8, it was hilarious. I liked the concept because you had this guy who was like a former Yakuza and he decides to become a stay-at-home house husband. You know, his wife works at, find out his wife works at like a, she's one of the, works at a fashion, um, she's like one of the fashion designers, so, and it's funny, like, the little things he does, like, he treats her like, pretty much if she was like the head of the mafia and stuff, it's like, he holds her to a high esteem, and it's funny, just by his demeanor and stuff, it's like, seriously, this guy's a house husband, and he gives off this vibe like he's scary and stuff, and of course the cops are on him, which makes it high hilarious, they think he's doing something weird, but he's just, oh, I'm just reading a book on how to build a chair or build a shelf. Or one of his, like, this one thing where his, one of his underlings, like, finds him, like, his junior when he was in the gang. Finds him, and he's just, he's just, he just sees him as, he's intimidated, but he ends up just being, like, being a boss. And then he finds out one of his rivals, um, now that he used to be a rival to him in another gang, works in a crepe shop thing, a crepe truck. So they end up having like a little cook, uh, crepe making competition as well. Um, he ends up having friends who are like housewives as well. He goes to like a workout club with them and stuff. Yeah, to me, for a guy that looks like out of place, he kind of fits it right in with the housewives. And like, there's one episode, one segment. Because each episode's like different segments. So that's why it's like five episodes. But each segment's like thirty, like pretty much like three five minutes for each segment. And, you know, I think that because I think the manga itself is kind of like that, too. The manga, each panel is like short for each segment. I think there's one I can get that to on my mind was um, the birthday one. When he tries to, his wife's having a birthday party. He's, he's going there. He's traveling around trying to find the gift for her and stuff and have everything set up. So he has, he decides throwing a traditional like Yakuza head boss type style birthday celebration and um. He was giving her a gift, and he finds out, oh, she, she finds out, oh, she likes this one anime, and he does everything to please her and stuff, and he has like, having, you know, problems and stuff, and he, like, feels shame and stuff, but his wife likes him for who he is, and he, like, tries to please his wife, and pretty much, it's a, it's a really good anime, um, I don't know why he gave it a 7, I gave it an 8, and it's a really enjoyable, it's, like, one of those comedy type things, so definitely check it out, it's on Netflix, um, might as well give out the one that pretty much kind of changed kind of like my diet a little bit. Because right now I'm doing that as fasting thing, but I'm drinking a lot of water now. So I kind of stopped drinking soda and, you know, alcohol and stuff. Because of thanks to this kind of anime, um, it's called, and this came out this summer. It was 13 episodes. Uh, it's an action drama scene in. It's called Hataraku Cyber Black or Cells of Work Code Black. And pretty much, it's basically a spinoff of the, you know, the cutesy, uplifting cells at work. But with this one, it's more of adult-oriented. The seinen means, like, it's basically Japanese means adult. And this is from Miami. Um, this is done, it's based on a manga. The studio is by Linden Films. Um, like I said, um, and right now on my anime list, it's I got a score of 7.56. On the regional premise as well. And so this is here. Due to poor lifestyle choices of certain human bodies. In, is in constant turmoil. With germs, bacteria, and foreign substances around. The jobs of various cells become increasingly difficult and dangerous. And some of the unfortunate ones. Who mature in this chaotic environment. Sekikuyo AA2153. And Hagakuyo U1196. Try to fulfill their duties. Even if it means seeing many of their fellow cells. Who are alive in duty. Set in an environmental vestige from its parents story. Hadaraku Saibo Black portrays the cell struggles as they try to maintain the body's health. However, the human's conditions continue to deteriorate whether or not these efforts will amount to something concrete depends on the cells. So you get pretty much the generals kind of swap. So now all the white blood cells are these buxom ladies wielding katanas. And of course, all the cells are all males. And pretty much, you know, this body's pretty much not taking care of the cells. And each episode kind of like, it's so dark and... Like, even, like, the, the platelets, you know, remember the cutesy kindergarten-type platelets? These are kind of, like, middle schoolers who are kind of, like, acting a little jerky aspect of it. And 
you know, this red blood cell and this white blood cell, they're doing the best to try to keep everything, you know, under control. And each episode kind of was like, almost like a wake-up call because there's one episode that deals with alcoholism, how your what your liver does when it tries to press alcohol or how your cells react when you have caffeine or even has one episode that has like, and the the person the body's having sex and what it takes to having the sexual disease as well, STDs. It's it's a really you know, it's not for everybody. Um, it is more that to to the audience versus it's you know versus the main from the main main you know tells a worse story, which shows an uplifting with a growing body dealing with different infections. Well, this is a body that pretty much does not take so has one so it shows what happens to your body when it loses hair. It got to a point with a heart attack. It, it's a really interesting anime. And it, like I said, it was like almost like a wake-up call to me. So, man, I, I better start taking care of myself. So, definitely check it out. Uh, Hataraku Saibo Black is currently airing on Funimation. And also, I believe it's also airing on Crunchyroll as well. Um, no one I want to bring up. I'm going to bring up, like, I still got like about 10 minutes, guys. So, bear with me. Uh, let's see which one I just completed this year. Oh, I could probably pull this. I could, I could probably pull this one. I don't think I talk about this one too much, but to me, it's one of the most. I'll say okay manga. Okay, I mean, I'd give it an eight on my list. Um, let's see. Nah, I think I talked about this one. Yeah, this one was a good one. This was actually... It's actually hilarious. I gave it an 8, you know. I've been really, like, generous for these animes for this past season, so... Um, this one is funny as well. It's called... This is on my anime list. It's rating at a 7.25 for the score. It's called... Set to win! Haken Shimasu! Or All Combatants Will Be Dispatched. Combatants Will Be Dispatched. Um, it's by the creator of Konosuba and Kimono Michi. It's action, comedy, and fantasy. Ran for 12 episodes. And pretty much it's based on light novel, produced by JC Staff. And of course, it's licensed with Funimation. It's collaborated with Funimation. So, you know, Konosuba's part of Crunchyroll, and Kimono Michi and um, Kimono Michi and, and uh, all commands will be dispatched, are working with, um, with, um, with Funimation. So, the premise of this one is. As chief of chief operative of the villainous Kisaragi Corporation, Setonin Rokugo, or Agent 6, receives orders to help the organization conquer the entire known universe. Tasked with infiltrating the Kingdom of Grace, a mission that could change the fate of the world, Rokugo, or Agent 6, mistakenly believes that his skills as combat in a suburb, fueling his arrogant attitude, to ensure success of the mission, Alice Kisaraki, an extraterrestrial android with a youthful appearance, named after the company itself, is assigned to be Rokugo's traveler companion. Upon their arrival at the Oscars of the Kingdom, Alice and Rokugo encounter Snow, the commander of the country's Royal Guard. Snow leads the pair to a broken legendary artifact, and Rokugo seizes the opportunity for a long-awaited promotion, and his company changes the recitation for the sacred ritual to an embarrassing phrase. As punishment, the princess of the Kingdom forces Rokugo to become an honorary knight, fulfilling part of his mission in the trade of Kings in the circle. Rokugo must now help his new employer fight against the Demon Lord's army, all while perpetuating evil deeds as a combatant in the Kizaragi Corporation. Uh, oh my god, this... Just this... Anime was so hilarious. The characters are so funny because it has that whole, you know, has the whole like basically like Konosuba pretty much kind of made fun of the whole isekai esque thing, RPG style humorous Komono Michi. It's also to make fun of, you know, isekai as well. Um, but in that aspect, you know, the Komono Michi, you know, the, the main character loves animals and doesn't want to harm anybody. And in this case of point, they get sent to a planet, and they're technically they're evil, but it almost portraying them as heroes. And but they're doing evil deeds so they get points so they can summon stuff. And I love Alice. Alice is hilarious, um, because she's an android. But with Roku, like Agent Six, like um, Agent Six, like pretty much, you know, he he's like a combination. He's like a basically Kazuma, Kazuma like to a ten. Because he's just like like he has pervy intentions with these characters with his group of characters like his his underlings pretty much, um because you got um you know Alice being you know she's funny and all because like she's an android and she don't you know, puts up with Agent Six but she's so loyal to him and stuff, um and then of course you got Rose who's like a chimera who has different abilities based on anything she ate pretty much um you have Grim who 
pretty much can do these curses stuff by playing like praying to this evil god to the point she lost her ability to walk and she can't even put socks on her sleeve or she'll explode and you got snow who's pretty much this, this knight but she ends up like you know obsessed from greed and stuff as well and she ends up getting she ends up paying a loan for her sword it's kind of hilarious and they run into these these demon lords army like um Heine, who he like who kind of gets the best of all these times you got the princess as well um then you got the captains you know astaroth you know Lilith and Bilal all watching from you know from their monitors and stuff so you get to see them i like they had one episode dedicated to them but it's hilarious you know the jokes and the humor is really great because he had that feel watching konosuba and just like i said like just alice like oh my god the way she gets that grin because she doesn't believe in like supernatural and shit and how she debugs everything that like she doesn't believe in supernatural believes in science um and there was one episode where Grimm tries to prove to uh Alice that curses are real that magic is real and I was like no it's all holograms and stuff it's all technology it's all science based and I think there's a point where Grimm ends up summoning you know a demon and you know Alice like doesn't believe it and she's like oh this is fake this is a hologram I, I don't believe you and Roku just like oh, I just want to get my wish I want to hear him and shit but it's a really good anime definitely check it out it's on Funimation um, I believe they're doing a dub version of it as well but watch yourself if you want to hear the good experience and hearing the reactions of the characters um, yeah so well I wish I could do more but we're getting close to time like I said I wanted to keep this an hour because it's just me today guys you know give your point uh, you know pretty much hang out with me um, right now, if you want to know what I'm watching right now, I'm about to finish. I mean, like, like I said, one of my things when it comes to anime this year, one of my resolutions is just watching different animes. I've been watching more, like, I'm trying to spread out my variety. You'll try to get away from the traditional shonen and watch, like, slice of life, comedy, romantic comedy, even sports ones. And the one I'm watching right now, I'm about to finish, um, it's called, um, Osana Maji Gazetai Ni Makinai Love Comedy. Uh, which is called Osamake Rom-Com Where the Childhood Friend Won't Lose. Uh, right now, I just finished last week. Um, I think I'm like one episode away. Right now, it's currently holding a score of 6.14 on my list. Oh, just to let you know, all comments is especially given an 8. Um, this is a, this is our 12 episodes. It's a harem, comedy, romance, and school. Um, it is based on light novel. The series by Doga Kobo. And it was part of the spring 2021 uh, season. And it's called Suruhara Maru. It's a childhood best friend of one of the Hozumo, Hozumino High School's most popular girls, Kuroha Shida. Cute, outgoing, affectionate Kuroha is the perfect older sister type. She has boys constantly begging her feet to be with her. Yet, when she confesses to Suruhara one day, he immediately rejects her. He can't just think of her in that way. Besides, he already has his sights on his first love, school idol and renowned author, Chirokusa Kachi. Suruhara believes that he has a chance with Kachi at the one people meeting, but soon he finds out that Kachi has a boyfriend. When his dreams now shattered... Suruhara agonizes over what could have been. That is, and Takura approaches him with a proposal. Let's get revenge. It's it's a really interesting, you know, story. And I like to see what happens at the end because now this third girl got introduced now as I'm watching this, a third girl got introduced in the mix, into the mix. So I think I'm like two episodes away from completing. I don't want to give it out two away, but I'm actually liking it. It's kind of funny. Because... Um, yeah, this girl like Kuro. I love Kuro. Kuro's awesome, and she has feelings for um, Maru, Marusana, but he's like still satisfied with Kachi-san. But you know, Kuro does not want to give up, and you know, he tries to help him with his plan. And of course, you know, something happens, and now she wants to go after Maru. But like I said, I don't want to give out too much away. But like I said, it's one of those animes. You know, I might have to give it a good score. We'll see. Because right now, Curly Tori at six point fourteen on my anime list. So we'll see how it goes once I complete it. And I'll let you guys know next week what I thought of it overall. So thank you so much for joining me this week. Um, once um, Biko gets back, we'll go back to our traditional episode of having both of us. Hope you enjoyed this little time that we had, this hour that we had. Um, you can check out backlog episodes of the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Audible, iHeartRadio, and Pandora, or, or our podcast outlets. You can check us out at the our store on Spring. Just go to spring.com, search for Talk and Pop. We got shirts, we got tank tops for the summer. Make sure to support the podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talkandpop. You can find us on Twitter. You tweet us on Twitter at poptalkin, all one word. Um, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash 
Bonchise 685. I am the casual gamer, and I play pretty much JRPGs or story-based games. So come on by, have a follow, and chat. Um, like I said, if you want to check me out on my animal list as well, my username is Alphobar685. A-L-F-O-B-A-R-R-685 if you want to check out the anime I'm currently watching. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care.